Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. So as we near the end of the book of Romans, here we are in Romans chapter 16. And you say, Pastor, you just read 16 verses of a greeting and you're going to preach about 16 verses of greetings. 26 names, several churches mentioned, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Yes, I am aware. So the Apostle Paul has written this extensive letter, right? Uh, I mean, chapters one through eight, just theologically rich, all about salvation, coming to know Christ. We talk redemption, justification, salvation by faith in Christ alone and not works. And was Abraham our father saved by faith or saved by works? And certainly we know by faith. And Paul, we know, is very... um, He is engaged and he is emphatic and he says, may it never be several times when he's encouraging and teaching all of these most important doctrines uh, to this church of people whom he loved but had not yet even visited. That's why, of course, the intensity and the length of the letter. And so, and then he talks to his own people, the Jews, the people that he loves. And he said, I wish that I could be accursed and my people could be saved. He's pouring out his heart for his, his Jewish um, family and friends. And at the same time, we know God sent him to preach to the Gentiles. God took him away from everything that he was familiar with and sent him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. We know that Paul was a missionary. We know that he went on four missionary journeys. Uh, what we're going to see even today, Paul, we're going to see Paul the church planter. We're going to see all of this love and unity and one another language that Paul uses throughout the letter come to fruition. Paul encourages the brothers and sisters, use your spiritual gifts, right, in chapter 12 to serve one another, to love one another. And he says, you stronger brothers and sisters, hold up your weaker brothers and sisters, don't judge them. You weaker brothers and sisters, don't don't hate and judge the stronger. Paul talks about love, love, love one another, encourage one another throughout the letter. And so here in chapter 16, he's going to wrap things up with this extensive greeting. There is not another greeting this long in the whole New Testament. And Paul says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant, but the word in the Greek language there is diakonos. And so um, so the discussion is, right, is she a deacon in the church or is Paul just describing her as a worker and a, a dedicated person serving the Lord? My understanding and my personal uh my personal study of the scripture in the past and even now is that Phoebe um, was a deacon in the church which it was in Centria, that uh, she was one who was called specifically to serve, diakonos, um, the ministry, literally waiting tables. So Acts chapter 6 Um, And we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks when we talk about church formation and church process and how we're going to do things at Graffiti Church. 
But um, in Acts chapter 6, there was a dispute in the church. And it was, um, there was a dispute about the Hellenistic Jews, the women, the widows, um, and another group of Jewish women. And it said that they were not being given the same amount of food and the distribution of food because of who they were. There was racial and ethnic tension among groups of believers in Acts chapter 6. And Paul and the disciples said, we know that we are called to pray and preach and teach the word uh, and bring the gospel that we're going to have to set aside. They said in Acts chapter 6, they set aside seven, seven men to wait tables to serve food and from which comes our which you might be familiar with as a ministry of deacons in our churches deacons are servants and we'll talk a lot more about that in the near future because some of our baptist friends they get this all twisted up and mixed up and oh wow i'm being recorded today that deacons are not elders deacons are servants deacons are those who who put on um, the apron of service, if you will, they put on the mantle of service and they serve others. And that comes in many forms in our churches today. Nonetheless, Phoebe, she was a deacon in the church of Centria. And Paul says in a, in, in a heartwarming way, he says, receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, right? The holy ones. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if, you, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you have confessed your sins and, and he is your father and, and, and he is your Savior and you are his child, you are a saint, hagias, you are a holy one. As a matter of fact, you are a holy one set apart for service to God. So she is a follower of Jesus Christ and you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. Why? Because she herself has always been a helper of many. So one, in the early church, the church was learning how, learning how to serve and love one another. Learning how to serve and love one another in the church. We see just in this greeting in these first two verses, serving and loving one another well in the church. Paul talks about it throughout the letter, right? Use your spiritual gifts. Um, to teach, whether it's in serving, teaching, helping, mercy, whatever your spiritual gifts are. Figure out, we have a responsibility to figure out what they are. And then we use our gifts to serve and love primarily, people don't always understand this, in the church, um, your spiritual gifts. So in these first two verses, what we see is um, loving and serving, loving and serving one another in the church. And we see an example of a deacon, whether, uh, whether you consider, and I do believe she was an official deacon in the church, or whether she was a woman who was a faithful servant of the Lord. Um, another thing we're going to see here, so that's one, another thing we're going to see here, that um, the roles, the roles and serving in the church, the roles of women serving in the church. Uh, because there is uh, some detail, there are some, uh, some things behind the curtain of this greeting. One, Paul was a church, well, so Paul was a church planter, and everywhere throughout the book of Acts, 
when he goes from town to town, city to city, country to country, starting churches, women were always, always integral, integral, um, and um, serving and assisting and planting churches with the Apostle Paul. We need to be careful um, in our consideration uh, in 2021 in our church. And in the coming months, we will strive to gather and talk um, more about these details. But even in a 16-verse greeting, uh, and Douglas Moo mentions it in his, um, in his commentary in the book of Romans, that women were everywhere in the church, serving, planting, creating. Um, and the church, um, the early church would not have been sustainable or, or maintained its existence without the serving, leading, and work of women uh, in the early church. You'll see that throughout this greeting. So one, we see uh, people effectively serving and loving one another in the church. Paul says, verse three, greet Prissa, and it's Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila, a husband and wife. Uh, another thing we're going to see here is, uh, we believe that he mentions three house churches in this passage, which is really cool because this is how people planted and started churches in the early church. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have these big churches where they all got together and bought some real estate and built a church. Church took place in people's homes. There were wealthy people and not so wealthy people who came to know Christ and would start a house church. But even if you were wealthy, you might be able to squeeze 70 or 80 people into your house back in the day, and there were, um, there were wealthy Gentiles who came to know Christ, opened up their house and started churches in their homes. So even in a big house, you might get 70 or 80 people crammed in everywhere in your house for church. Um, but it's so exciting to see the work of the Lord here. So Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers uh, like Paul. So they were business people. Why is that important? One, they were a husband and wife. Two, they were business leaders. It's important because um, church planting, this is, um, if you get this today, church planting um, is not just for the paid holy man up front. Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers. Paul was a tent maker. Paul earned his way on his missionary journeys because of the craft and the skill he was taught, uh, probably from his father and from his father. But Priscilla and Aquila were business people who started a house church. And also we see here, and it's, uh, this is very exciting to me, who for my life, verse four, risked their own necks to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. These Priscilla and Aquila were Gentiles. Um, they were Christians, they were tent makers, they were business people who loved Jesus. Somehow, and I went back in the book of Acts before I... Um, before I Googled it. I went back in the book of Acts and I started looking. Where in the book, because certainly it was there, right? Where in the book of Acts do I see that Priscilla and Aquila saved Paul's neck, right? Paul was getting big rocks thrown at him. He was being lowered over walls. He got arrested. People tried to kill him. They were hunting him down. This is how he spent most of his ministry life. Somewhere, so somewhere certainly I will know this, right? And there, it's not specifically stated in the book of Acts. I was like digging all around. And then finally I said, okay, I'm going to cheat. And I Googled it, right? 
And the reality is, and I've read it in another book, but the reality is that what Paul makes mention of is not specifically stated in the scriptures. Somehow, Priscilla and Aquila, and Paul would go in the city and he would work with them. He spent about 18 months with them um, at one point at the church in Ephesus. And so they would be there making tents, selling tents and doing their thing. And somehow, somewhere, they did something when Paul was in trouble or in peril and they saved his life. They, they risked their lives um, for their missionary friend. I, you know, uh, how do you put that? You know, how do you put that in a Roman numeral for your notes? Because I didn't do a very good job of that this week. But what we see here is um, followers of Jesus willing to risk their lives for one another. Followers of Jesus willing to risk their lives for one another. So we see servants, uh, we see Christians serving and loving one another well in the church. We see Christians risking their physical lives for one another in the church. Um, Paul says, also greet the church that is in their house in verse 5. So they too were church planters. Um, they started a church in their house. It doesn't have to be a pastor with letters after his name to start a church. You might go back to your dorm or the house that you live in in your neighborhood and you might say, well, why can't I start a Bible study? Well, maybe you should start a Bible study. Maybe you are Aquila or Priscilla and you will start a Bible study on the floor at your dorm or you will start a Bible study at your house. Um, but these guys were church planters. They had a house church. And he says, greet Mary who has worked hard for you. There are lots of Marys in the New Testament church and absolutely no idea who this Mary is. But we see this theme. We see Mary, a woman who has worked hard, who has served, who has worked hard. We see women in the early church working hard. When I think about someone working hard for a specific purpose, I think they are probably made, are making sacrifices in other areas of their lives. When you serve Jesus in the city of Baltimore in, in a little dusty church plant, um, sitting in an unfinished room or under a tent outdoors, um, if you come here and you continue to come here and serve God here, you're probably making some sacrifices in other areas of your life in order to serve God here. Praise God, because that does not go unnoticed. So here's Paul, the missionary, writing the letters. He says, greet Mary because she has worked hard for you too. So Paul continues, and I'm not going to repeat all the names. I worked hard all week long on my names this week in this passage. Um, but he said, we see in verse 7, um, another couple, I believe her name is Junia, not Junius, but uh, it says Junius here, but anyway. He says, my fellow prisoners who are outstanding among the apostles who were in Christ Jesus, these were people who were saved before Paul was, and at some point they must have been incarcerated for their faith. We see followers of Jesus Christ in the early church suffering for their faith, suffering for their faith. Um, and everyone he's speaking, you hear Paul's heart. He says in verse 8, um, Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. And again, verse 9, worker there, diakonos, servant. Uh, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker. And another person um, whose name I, I, I worked hard on, Stachis. Um, could be Stachis, but um, my beloved. He uses that word several times here. Um, another thing we see in the early church that should be taking place in our church that um, Paul's heart, 
Paul dearly loved the people in his churches. This guy's a missionary. He started churches. He stirred up trouble, started riots, and rolled out and went and did it in another city. Um, but Paul loved his people. And um, I think over the years as a pastor, I've served in three churches. Um, I hope this is my last one because um, I hope I stay here till I'm done. But um, I've served in three churches and I can tell you stories all day long and you'll be glad that I don't. Uh, and, and I will get teary eyed and I will tell you about all the people that Diane and I have loved over the last 20 plus years of simply serving God's people most of the time well. Certainly that was always the goal. Serving and loving God's people uh, in his church. And you hear Paul's heart. And if, if you are experiencing that now and you are part of the church, you are experiencing something that you will remember for the rest of your natural life. Well, and into eternity as well, right? That it will be a special, it will have been a special time for you in your life. Um, these last seven years in the city of Baltimore, um, I, I, I will attempt here not to wax overly, um, there's a word, I'm losing it. Um, but my heart is full when I think of everything that God has allowed us to do in serving him in the city of Baltimore. The sad moments, the glorious moments, every single one of them all mushed together and poured in a big old bucket that is overflowing already. It is special and it is precious. Two weeks ago when we were out in the park with our community and we were telling people about Jesus, we were serving them food because we love Jesus and we're Baptists, but we were serving them food, telling our community about Jesus and just enjoying being part of our community. That is special. That's why we do it. We do it so we can tell people about Jesus, but we do it because we love people, right? And so that was a special day. You hear Paul's heart here. He says, my fellow worker, my beloved, my beloved in the Lord. Verse 11, he says, greet Herodian, my kinsman. So a Jewish believer here, greet those of the household of Narcissus. These were Narcissus, excuse me. I always want to say narcissist. The dude, I don't know if he was a narcissist. Narcissus. Yeah. And. Um, they believe that these were probably free. Some of these were freed men and women who chose to stay in their role as servants in the house of wealthy people. So here is something that I gleaned as I, I read and studied this week. We see another thing that we see, if you're writing a couple things down, we see the beauty of the diversity of the church. Paul talks about that. He talks about, he, he's encouraging them in all these previous chapters, right? Unity, unity, love one another, love one another. He uses this one another language. But you know what you see? You see slaves who are members of the church. You see recently freed men and women who are servants. They are very low on the, soci on the social ladder, but yet they are freed men and women. So we see people who are slaves, um, people who are like the working, you know, they are working poor. Um, we see rich and wealthy Jews. We see rich and wealthy Gentiles. Um, there are rich, um, you also see uh, working people and business people like Aquila and Priscilla. So 
This 16 verse greeting gives us a cross section of the beauty, yeah, beauty of the unity and diversity of the church. That's why I love the city. That's why I love our church. Um, because in the, in the city, you have people from all over the world. You have people who have lived here all their lives. You have people who come here from all over the world. And so even in the small cross section of our church, we see the beauty, beauty and diversity of God's church. And I love that every single week when we are worshiping together. So Paul goes on and he, um, I believe in verse 13 or 14, we get another couple here. No, it's verse 15. And I think that was another um, house church. So Paul talks, he references what they believe is at least three house churches as he's greeting these people that he loves so much. Um, many of whom, he, some of whom he's only heard about, some of whom he's been with in other places. But these are all people uh, that Paul has a great heart for. And he says, of course, yeah, verse 15 is the other church plant and all of the saints who are with them. Paul's heart is full as he comes towards the end of this letter. Some folks have even questioned if Paul wrote this last chapter because this is just like a slight pivot from what he would normally do in a letter. Um, and then next week, what we're going to see next week will be Paul has one more hard lesson and he'd like just jump. Something may have even occurred or he may have learned of something, but Paul just goes hard all of a sudden in verse 17 about false teachers. So he's going to end the letter. So you think he could have ended it right at 16, right? Greet the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss, right? And you think he could have ended the letter, but he does not for a very specific purpose. Um, but what we see here is important for the church. It's important for Graffiti Church. It's important for us as we move forward as a church family. Um, when we talk about um, how we will organize ourselves, but more importantly, um, how we will serve and love one another. I hope that as your pastor, I model that um, among you and in our community. And I see, and I'll say it, but I, you should know I see it in you and in your serving and loving um, our people. And you see um, that it's not just a pastor guy who plants a church. Um, each and every person who chooses to be part of this church family, you matter you're important, you are valued, you have gifts to offer the Lord, which um, you offer them through serving in his church. You are highly valued, you are important, um, you matter. Say, well, you know, I think I might just, just might stay home this morning, or, you know, I'm kind of bummed lately. Those people, um, do they really care about me over there? You you have a vital role. God knows you're here. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. It may not to be here for to be, be to be here forever, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And part of that right now is you serving the Lord in His church. And since you're here, why not here? 
Um, so you matter. God places a high value on you. He loves you. He has a purpose and a plan for you. For me, that's always been hopeful. Now, it's a good thing for me and a little bit of a challenge. I'm a doer, so I like lots of tasks and I like to be busy. So sometimes I don't have to deal with more difficult things, right? But, but I always got excited about serving God in his church way before I was a pastor. You know, whether it was, uh, uh, we participated physically in building a church uh, many, many years ago when our kids were little. We went to a church plant. We started going to church in our community in our mid-20s, wow. And um, with our little children, and we were meeting in an elementary school, and then the church bought this property, and the church was gonna build this building. And it was exciting to serve God and love his people in our community. Um, I have several, and, and I told you I wasn't going to keep you here all day, but it was an exciting time. We did things that I will never forget. We did things together serving the Lord, our family, our children. They were really little, like six and seven. I guess maybe a little older than that, seven and eight, when we were building the building. And so we had all the little children in the families, and they got to come and bang a nail in the side of the, in the two by four or something in the building, or swoosh some mud on the drywall um, so that they could have that experience. So, and it also said every family, every person in God's church matters. Um, so serving and loving people well. Um, knowing your value and your role in God's church. It's not just the pastor guy planting the churches. Um, um, knowing and valuing the time in your life when you're part of something special that God is doing. We see all of that in the simple 16-verse greeting here. Uh, in, in um, Yeah, 16-verse greeting in chapter 16. Um, we see that and we also see the deep love that Paul had for the church family. You say, Pastor, you know, in Romans, we've talked about more passionate and more exciting things. No, we really haven't. Um, because what we see in this greeting is the outworking of so much of what Paul talked about. This is why we need unity in our church. This is why we shouldn't judge one another. This is why we should come alongside one another and love one another. This is why we share the gospel. This is why we might risk our own safety for a brother or sister in Christ. This is why uh, someone, people, will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior as a result of us being here. God may raise up a church planter in this church who will go somewhere and start another church a graffiti church or another church somewhere else. I hope that God raises up people to start other churches. You know, um, uh, it was one of the most exciting times in my life when I just said, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what we're gonna do. And it was an exciting time. And um, boy, did God do it. <laughs> Uh, 20 years ago, I, if you told me I'd be at the corner of Green Mountain 24th, I'd say, where? With whom? Yeah, okay, whatever, man. Uh, I probably would not have ser given that serious consideration if a prophet had come and told me that. Um, <laughs> but you see, well, we say, look what God did. So, but in, in closing this morning, 
I took the word of God seriously this week. I did. And I said, am I really going to preach a sermon on a 16 verse greeting? Yep. We just did that friends but we see um we see the missionary paul we see the pastor paul we see his heart and his deep love for his people and why they put it all on the line for jesus for their faith in jesus christ they risked their safety they sacrificed other things in their lives uh, they had great joy and love in their relationships with one another uh, and, and they were serving God where God had strategically placed them for his purposes. That's what we we're doing. That's what we we're doing. So don't get discouraged. Hang in there. You matter. Amen. God places a high value on your life. God has a plan for your life. And you know, whether you're 25 or whether you're 65 or whether you're 94, um, God... Let's slip that in there. God has a plan for your life. And that should give you a sense of adventure. I hope, excuse me. I hope that gives you a sense of adventure. I hope that that brings you encouragement and excitement. Um, I anticipate, in good times anyway, I'll be honest. I anticipate what is God going to do tomorrow? What is God going to do this week? I anticipate. I anticipate seeing floors and feeling heat in the room and the dust being gone. I, I look forward to and anticipate those things. Amen. I know you do too. Oh, in closing, in closing, you matter as part of God's church. You matter as God's child. And God feels about you the same way that Paul feels about his people, your pastor, this guy feels the same way about you that Paul feels about his people. And um, it is a privilege and a wonderful thing uh, that God does in his church. Church, um, called out ones. Um, um, use your words, Charlie. A living organism, not a place. God's people, you, you are the called out ones. You are the church. You're a living part of a living organism. This is just a building, although we're kind of excited about it. It's just a building. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.